I could feel my legs burning in my lungs, swallowing gulps of air. I had pedaled up mountainous hills before, but this time was different. I was biking to Vermont from Boston, 140 miles, on a bike made of heavy aluminum. And worse, I was not ready for that race. There was not one single biker behind me except an annoying blue car with biker stands mounted on the roof of the car that was driving so close to me I could hear the five people in the car talking and laughing. Another 7% grade hill was closing in and my stomach churned with hunger. I was growing tired. My arms ached, my jaw ached, my soul ached, and the car was still following me. I couldn't take that stalker car anymore, so I pulled my triathlon bike over to let that car pass. But to my surprise and annoyance, it pulled over alongside me. A young, tall, athletic biker got out of the car, and he asked me how I was doing. He introduced himself as a sweeper car. What's a sweeper car? I asked, still trying to catch my breath. He explained that sweeper cars are meant to follow the last person on the course to check for safety and to get them off the course if they'd gone over the expected course time. What? Are you telling me I am the last person? My neck pulsated and tears welled up. I didn't want to cry. I mean, I was 49 years old at the time, sort of embarrassing. But I had never been last before in my life. And I've been doing athletic events since I can remember. And I think the guy knew I was having a hard time grappling with the fact that I was last. So he interrupted my moment of self-pity and said, hey, uh, you did a great job. You made it like 75 miles. Why don't we just load your bike and you can ride with us to the finish? I can't, I immediately said, cutting him off. I'm training for a full Ironman, and that bike leg for the Ironman is 112 miles. If I can't make today's 75 miles or beyond, how am I going to swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, and run 26.2 miles? I have to at least bike 100 miles today, or I'll never, ever be able to finish this Ironman. I will forever doubt myself. And I stood tall, and I looked him square in the eye as I said this, and at this point, I really wanted to quit. But something in me would not let me quit. Out of the car came a second biker. This one looked Olympian. She handed me a Snickers bar and she and a Coke, and she said, hey, here, we noticed that you haven't eaten and you haven't hydrated in miles, so we uh, think you need it. I should have planned better, I said, lowering my head. I took the candy bar. Why Snickers, I asked. Oh, she said, I've eaten Snickers in every one of my Ironman races. They're lifesavers. I'm Karen Smyers, by the way. She held out her hand. Now we'll follow you until you get to 100 miles and then we're going to take you off the course. Are you okay with that? Yeah, thanks, I replied. I can't thank you enough. And by the way, the biker next to me interrupted, do you know who she is? I shook my head. She's the reigning world Kona champion. I looked at her and smiled. I guess if you tell me Snickers and hydration will help me get to 100, then it must be true if it's coming from an Ironman champion. Now, 
I don't remember everything about the last 25 miles, except they were grueling. I struggled up every semi-mountain and worried that the sweeper car behind me would eventually get tired of following me at such a slow pace, but I felt hope for the first time that day. I sensed that I was not alone in my struggle. Every thought of self-doubt was washed away with cheers from the sweeper car and stops for more charity Snickers and hydration. My body began to come to life as my mind did too. I felt stronger mile after mile. I climbed or soared downhill at maximum speeds and then I saw it, the beacon of hope, the, the mile marker that would end my day, a hundred mile marker sign on the right-hand side and beyond that, a church. And in front of that church where a group of volunteers were packing up the days of, of boxes of oranges and gels and water bottles. And someone from the sweeper car must have radioed to the hundred mile volunteers because as I was within 500 yards of reaching that hundred mile milestone, the clapping and cheering started. I looked around. I was the only one they were cheering for. Four volunteers cheered for me, as if I were the first on the race course. I smiled shyly as I pulled up and dismounted, and they were still cheering. And for the first time that day, I realized that maybe being last could also feel like being first, like I won. I still remember when I was in seventh grade, I won my first ever cross-country race. I was the only girl. I won that race, and I'm sure the boys and the coach didn't expect a girl to beat all the boys, but I did. And the following day, my coach gave a speech and handed out the season's trophies. The boys received their standard boy trophies, and for the last race of the season, the one that I won, I was asked to come up to receive mine. They, I walked up proud, and the coach congratulated me. Then their applause. It was only when I returned to my desk that I noticed that the trophy was not a girl's trophy, but a boy's. I immediately knew the coach never expected me, a girl, to win. I knew, but he did not. There was something in me, unexplained, that would not accept defeat, and rather than lament over the obvious insult, I instead felt flattered that he had underestimated me. I thought of that day long, long ago as I was in that sweeper car listening to soft music and conversations around me. I thought of all the times in my life when I was underestimated and how that only made me want to prove my worth. Yet this time, I was the one. I was the one who underestimated me. Had it not been for a community of strangers supporting me and cheering me on, I would most likely have quit that day, and worse, I'm pretty sure I would not have, I would not have finished or completed my first Ironman of six. Now, in Peter Clough and Doug Strykowski's book, Developing Mental Toughness, they define mental toughness as, quote, the quality which determines in large part how people deal effectively with challenges, stressors, and pressure irrespective of prevailing circumstances. Mental toughness, people who have it, share common traits. Number one, they take responsibilities for their actions. Number two, they consistently challenge themselves. Number three, they don't personalize failure. And number four, they're confident in their abilities. Mental toughness is what makes you a better student, a better athlete, and for me, a six-time Ironman finisher. 
Yet much of the research on mental toughness in elite athletes fails to name the most important factor I experienced in those Vermont mountains so many years ago, community support. Success comes when you are mentally tough. You begin to see failure as an opportunity to grow and to learn, but you also need support system. In triathlons, you know, they call your support systems Sherpas. Those are, Sherpas are family or friends or both who will volunteer specifically to help you with logistics of the race, to help carry things like bikes and all that to cars and venues. And after a 14 hour plus race, when your body can't move and your mind can't think, you need a Sherpa, your support crew. They'll be there to help motivate you and help you when your mental toughness gauge is empty. And that group of supporters and strangers in Vermont years ago, my Sherpas, taught me a valuable lesson. We need each other to be tough, to reach the finish line. What I learned is that winning is not always winning. Sometimes it's coming in last and coming in with inches of quitting only to be given hope and confidence from the hardest time because it was hard. Because it was hard. I did not quit, and you should neither. Because it was hard, I learned how to improve. Because it was hard, I accepted help and learned that winning is not a lonely enterprise. Winning can mean you came in last. I finished my first Ironman later that summer on a new lighter bike. I was faster and more confident because of that failed Vermont 140 bike ride months before. I'm currently training for my seventh Ironman race. Thanks to my Sherpas. I want to finish with this thought. We all need Sherpas in our lives. Mental toughness plus Sherpas equals success.